Hello and welcome to the Father's Day special on Daddy Issues podcast. I'm so excited to put this episode out because it's been recorded for ages now, probably about a year. And I was waiting to include it in season three. However, season three has kind of been put on pause at the moment because from an episode that I did myself on Daddy Issues podcast in December 2020, that acted as the catalyst for me now making a documentary. But realised with Father's Day, of course, coming up, I couldn't not release something and had this in the archives. And I couldn't be more pleased that that something and someone is Thelma Holt. However, before we go into this episode, we just need to hear from our incredible sponsors, Chickpea. So I'm going to leave it to Hannah to tell you a little bit about the brand. Hello, this is Hannah from Chickpea. Chickpea is a plant-based food company predominantly focused on hummus and new to the range veggie bites. Our ethos is all about health and sustainability with a focus on encouraging and educating our consumers to reduce food waste while working with British seasonal vegetables. Keep an ear and eye out for some exciting news on this soon. We have a wonderful array of delicious flavours with 30% vegetable content, including beetroot and horseradish, carrot, ginger, turmeric, herby and our new velvet. You can find us on Cardo, in selected co-ops, booths, Whole Foods, Planet Organic and many other independents across the country. If you haven't already tried them, I'm going to leave it to Anghara to tell you a little bit more about our collaboration. Thank you. I first came across Chickpea when I was at Whole Foods. And you know, there's little testers that they can have, which I literally used to be obsessed with, but now they don't do anymore because of bloody COVID. But I tried Chickpea Hummus and then I bought about five in one go because they are so delicious. Anyway, it is picnic season. So it is the prime time for you to go to fill that picnic basket with chickpea hummus. So many different delicious flavours. Utilise the fact that you've got a nice little Daddy Issues discount. If you use the code Daddy Issues all lowercase at the checkout, you will get 15% off your order. What I also love about chickpea is they are a sustainable brand, which as cliche as it sounds, is incredibly important for me in terms of aligning with sponsors. So I'm so pleased that chickpea is not only delicious, but also incredibly ethical. So there we go. Guilt-free hummus. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. So back to telling you about our incredible guest, Thelma Holt. Thelma was a graduate of RADA and co-founder of the Open Space Theatre, became director of the Roundhouse in 1976 before joining Peter Hall at the National Theatre as commercial producer. In 1987, she received the Olivier Award for outstanding achievement for her international work at the National. She received a second Olivier Special Recognition Award in 2020. After leaving the National Theatre, for Peter Hall, she produced Orpheus Descending with Vanessa Redgrave and The Merchant of Venice with Dustin Hoffman in London and New York. Her inaugural production as an independent producer was Three Sisters with Vanessa Redgrave, Lynn Redgrave and Gemma Redgrave. Subsequent productions include Tango at the End of Winter, directed by Yukio Ninagawa, and Hamlet, both with Alan Rickman in the leading role. A Doll's House with Janik McTeer, which won four Tony Awards, 
the clandestine marriage with Nigel Hawthorne and Keane with Anthony Sher. She represented the Cameron Mackintosh Drama Fund at Oxford University for 20 years, is an emeritus fellow of St Catherine's College and became a distinguished friend of Oxford in 2006. She was delighted that Cameron Mackintosh named a bar at the Noel Coward Theatre as a tribute to her in 2019. As associate producer for the RSE, she has toured Japan with the RSE productions of Othello and A Midsummer Night's Dream, as well as co-producing a number of plays with the RSE in the West End. Thelma was producer for Nina Gower's productions that were performed in the UK for 30 years, including his final memorial production of Macbeth at the Barbican in 2017. In recognition of her promotion of Japanese theatre, she was awarded the Order of the Rising Sun by the Emperor of Japan. That bio only really touches the surface of what Thelma Holt has achieved in her incredible lifetime. And I really, 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 really am so immensely excited and fortunate to have such a living legend on Daddy Issues podcast. And I cannot wait for you to hear all her stories. As Thelma so brilliantly puts it in this episode, life really is a lot of fun. And if I can have even a scratch of the amount of fun that Thelma Holt has experienced in her life, I will be delighted. Enjoy. Thelma Holt, welcome to Daddy Issues and thank you for coming on to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So Thelma, where did you grow up? And what was the sort of family dynamic? At a very early stage of my life, uh, and this, of course, is received information, um, I, I was born in Barton-on-Orwell. Barton-on-Orwell? Barton-on-Orwell? It's a little place outside Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was a, a Mancunian, mm-hmm. uh, and my mother was Irish. And... Um, that's where I was born. But at the age of between four and five months, my dad got a, a job in London and they came down south. Uh, and He didn't want for the children to live in London. I had an older sister mm-hmm. um, who was uh, eight years older than me yeah. and he didn't want that, obviously. Uh, so they found somewhere to live. Um, in, not in Hove, but almost just oh, outside. Yes. Oh, nice, in Brighton. Uh, and that's yeah, and that's where they, that's where I started to be a little girl. Yeah. I didn't grow up there because um, fate took a hand, mm-hmm. and um, in 1939 there was a war. I was um, my sister came home from France. She had gone to a nunnery um, to be sort of finished off. And, and it was very, very reasonable, I gather, in those days. You could, you could go to a convent and have a, a really decent education outside 
our country. I assume you could have one in. Um, I suspect it was cheaper outside, otherwise she wouldn't have been sent. Yeah. And, of course, what it, the result was, um, the whatever else she learned, and I don't think she learned frightfully much, uh, <laughs> but she certainly learned to speak the kind of French that I could never have spoken. Mm. I mean, she spoke French like, like we speak English. Mm. Um, and I don't think that was the intention, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> no. uh, so I was sent to my godmother, uh, who lived just outside Manchester, uh, and the best thing I remember about my godmother is that I was allowed to take my cat with me. And when I got there, I found that not only did she not mind my cat coming, but she had a dog, and the dog seemed friendly disposed towards cats. She was a very lucky woman, darling. I was very nice to her, <laughs> very nice to her, because I didn't really know her, you know. Yeah. And um, I don't know how... I mean, I know that my mother would have taken trouble to find out um, but she got me into St Anne's which was in Lytham St Anne's and it was a girls boarding school uh, which was in those days um, in the better things copied of the boys you know I mean we used to do a run in, well I didn't at that age but the older girls did a run in the morning mm. very few girls schools would do that kind of thing yeah uh, but that is where I was educated and why were you sent to your godmother's? Why didn't you stay with your mother and... Because the, the, she was trying to get me into a school. Oh, I see. So, and, and it had to be in the north where there weren't any bombs. Right. So it was part of... The, they, they hadn't done Liverpool at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was partly safety as well as... Yeah, it was entirely yes. that. Wow, I mean, okay. already by the, time, by the time I went there, there'd be, there'd be kids going on trains um, to stay with people... You know, like they did. They sent children away and they went to people they didn't know. Yeah. This one was very lucky. Uh, my sister was old enough to come home and not have to go anywhere mm -hmm. and to get a job, which she did. Uh, and all that was it. And I was where I was. It was by accident. I can't pretend uh, I'm not being nasty to my mum because uh, my father would have had nothing to do with that. Um but she, 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 by luck, she got me into the right kind of school because mm. it, what I learnt there um, was very useful to me for the time I was there. I mean, I became a young prefect um, and, of course, <laughs> I became captain of school oh, wow. and my best friend was my sidekick. Mm. Um, but uh, I was a useful person to have. Now, sometime later, of course, and this was much later, um, our queen had a child, mm. uh, and we all know who that is. Yes. Uh, and in the prefect's room, where I was not at that stage a, a big important person, but I, but I was um, a junior prefect, we decided to have a ball um, the night that we were told. So he'd been born the, you know, in the, the day before, and mm. we knew the following day. And we needed money in order to have a ball. And we weren't thinking of having the whole school. We weren't even thinking of having all the girls, just the prefects, naturally. Um, you may as well <laughs> learn early. Yeah, learn early in life, dear. <laughs> learn early. If you want to be equal, you'll have to fight for it. <laughs> and uh, we became what we were. And uh, there are people alive today, so I have to be careful about this. Um, but it's absolutely true. Somebody suggested, and I don't think it was me, I'd remember, that we should break open the mission to seamen, 
which was full of money. Now, it wasn't me. It may, it may have been Bernie Casson, my best friend. Uh, but whoever it was, we did that. And it was oodles of money inside. And we sent out the man that did the garden, the gardens the, where the thing was, yeah. to buy us into St Anne's, where there were places you could buy alcohol, to buy as much as he could for whatever we got. And we gave him a bottle. And we had a ball <laughs> celebrating the birth of Prince Charles. We were absolutely thrilled. It was lovely. Oh, wow. So, come the following day, yes. uh, we look to see how we've done. And we know we did well. However, the mission to seamen is now empty. And that's where I came in. And I said, we don't have a problem. Now, I wasn't that superior, you know, so I had to do it carefully. We have no problem. There was X amount of money. We charge 3p for lost property. So if you have a pair of gym shoes, it's 3p to, to get it back. back. Yes. We will now double it because you'll only get one shoe for 3p, but you can have two for six. <laughs> and if you have a hockey stick, you need a ball with it. There are things you need to make these things work. Almost everything we have <laughs> is in doubles. Gosh, so you were a sort of savvy businesswoman from the get-go. Absolutely. <laughs> and we got it back. Sometime later, my mother came. My mother was invited because I was so good at what I did. Um, my mother was invited to present the prizes. So she was invited to come and hand out something, a silver cup or whatever. And um, afterwards, and I only learnt this much, much, much later, um, we ha I had two headmistresses, Foden and, Foden and what's it? Well, one, one was a, a, a Cambridge graduate and the other was, um, I think, Dublin, but it was certainly an Irish university. Mm. And they were lovely. They were delicious, lovely, lovely ladies. And my mother said, oh, forgive me asking, I just can't understand with all the lovely girls you've got in this place, why, why did you make Thelma head girl? I mean, you know, to which she had the guts to reply, which made me like her even more. Mrs Holt, you set a thief to catch a thief and we did very well with your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... That's incredible. And that's true. Yeah. God, it sounds like quite a clever... Because I also know a bit more about your drama teacher who I eventually yes. want to talk about she was wonderful yes but before we get there because they you got you really did get sent to the, the a school which really understood you which really perfectly to, yeah which perfectly. seemed to really get you when we first went skiing you know they were very very good with us and and by the time um in fact you were absolutely right clever you because yes I wanted to ski everybody wanted to ski but I, I, I didn't. I don't think I'd have been in floods of tears if I couldn't. Mm. And I did ski, and I was a bit spoilt. They were nice to me, and then when we went back the following year, there was no question of me not going. And as soon as I was, when I went to Rada, um, I didn't go when I was at Rada. I didn't have the time or the money. But the moment I, I, I married, the first thing we did, because of course Patrick skied very well, mm -hmm. uh, was go skiing. And why, why? And I'm thrilled with, I found out why. His father was watching me 
And he said, you never ski together, you and your wife. Why don't you ski together? And, and Patrick said, well, you know, when she's finished with the nursery slopes, she does these two other places that she goes up and down, but she doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to take any risks. She doesn't want to do it. I can't understand it. And he said, I think you should watch her. Just watch her coming down that mountain. Okay, what she's doing may not be dangerous, but it's certainly clever. She sideslips more beautifully than anything I've ever seen. And Patrick said, I'd never really noticed. Yes, she's very neat. Well, that I learnt at school from the man that was paid, a young man that was paid, to teach us to move mm. in a, in a, in a, on a nursery slope. Yeah. And the only thing I liked doing was sideswimming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ski anymore, you'll be glad to hear. <laughs> no. I've stopped now. <laughs> but I'd love to go back and... When you got sent to St Anne's at the age of, I believe, seven, that was the time when your father yeah. died. Yeah. I have the most perfect memory. And by perfect, I, I don't have a perfect memory. It's shit. But I have the <laughs> most perfect memory of my father. And I can't have, you know, the danger of having an older sibling is mm. that a lot of what you say with an older sibling is received information. Mm. And you're not lying, you think it was you. And then you find out, you know, that you were two and it was 20. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But what I'm about to say does work. I don't know why. We, we had a kitchen that was in the basement of the, one of those... Um, houses that was just after Victoria you know there weren't much well there are masses of them all on the seafront and further they're not grand but they were nice houses and uh, we had a, a, a basement and that's where the kitchen was and the kitchen was quite big and in those days there were big kitchens you know you could do your washing you could do all sorts and at the end outside you were you walked under the front door you know the front mm. door was hidden and usually that was where the coal was kept so it was one of those and i remember i don't know how i got where i was but i was on my father's shoulders and it's as real as though it's now and it's the only memory, physical memory I have. Uh, but it was so clear. And he was telling me about this person in my head that was making a home for itself. And it was a spider. And it was actually making a home for itself. And it had a big, o over the top of the, the cupboard was open, and there was the spider's web. And it was finishing it off or doing a nice web. Mm. Now, I don't think I'd seen a spider before because I was so young, mm. four or something, um, and I certainly wouldn't have known what it did and didn't do. But that was it. And it was a long time before I discovered, I was at RADA, when I discovered that lots of people were frightened of spiders. I wasn't. No. I'm frightened of all sorts of things, but I'm not scared of spiders. Not at all. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it could it could work badly because I could meet a really big spider, couldn't I, that could eat me. Um, <laughs> I've been to those kind of countries, darling. You never know. Uh, but I, I don't fear spiders. Um, and I'll actually quote, you know John Preston? Yes. Well, John Preston had a flat that my Shamie lived in, and John Preston lived in for a while. And when John Preston first got it, 
uh, I was saying, yes, you can have it because I got this lease and I couldn't get rid of it. And then they could, then when the lease ran out, I gave it up. Uh, but they, you know, they had to pay a little rent while they were in there, the, the two boys, at different times. And John Preston, when he was making the place his, um, called me. I was there and saying, you can do this here and do that there. And he called me and said, well, come in, come into the bathroom. He'll probably deny it now. If he does, tell him he's a liar. I think he'll probably <laughs> say he'll tell the truth because it was a memory. And he said, can you get that out of the bath? And he was running the bath and there was a spider in it. <laughs> and I said, yes. And I took a flannel and lifted it and threw it out the window. <laughs> So, so it came in useful yeah. with some, you know. Do you think also there was a level of, um, perhaps a, a level of sort of nostalgia that you may yes. have got when seeing spiders? Certainly, yeah. certainly. I'm sure, I'm sure there was. Um, I don't know that, yes, uh, I mean, I know, you see, I don't think, in fact, I, I can rephrase that. I'm pretty sure that I never went outside the British Isles before the war. You know, I was never taken anywhere as a baby mm. outside England. Um, there wasn't really time. Mm. It was, it was, it happened, well, Munich happened and people stopped going, that's something that I've only learnt because history was a subject I loved at school. Um, but, you know, after the Munich crisis happened, and what happened happened, and of course we lost a prime minister. All kinds of things happened, but they got Winston Churchill. You remember all, you know, you remember those things, and some of them are received pronunciation. I remember standing outside St Anne's um, with everybody else when the war was over, and a big cavalcade was driving up from um, St Anne's because we were on, it was Libham we were on the way to, a uh, big cavalcade. And it was Winston Churchill going, I think, to Preston and somewhere else. And we all waved. And I was given a flag uh, and a, a, um, a thing to hang that says, we're going to beat them or we're going to win it or something. Mm. And I gave it to one of my Oxford boys oh. centuries later. Oh, so centuries jealous. later. And <laughs> said, what do you think? That, well, it was centuries, wasn't it? <laughs> and it's in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. And said, here, you can have this. You'll find it interesting. I did it deliberately because there are lots of people who won't know what it is. He yes. would. And why would have he known? He said, it's the war. Yeah. He's, he wanted to know. He wants to know. Yeah. He's, he's, done, he's done enough history and is there. Yeah. There's an awful lot that young people want to know and older people make a mistake, you know, about thinking what it was. I mean, um, to be asked by somebody, I, I, because of those 20 years I've had at Oxford, you see, I've been 20 years there on yeah. the, the camera map thing, and I've been asked things that make, uh, initially, made me think, is there any point in my being here? Why am I being asked if I can, if, 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 if I can, um, if I can bake pasta? Why on earth? I mean, does it matter? But yes, it does, because they want to know if you're vaguely normal, yeah. as well as everything else. Well, yeah. you are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. And just going to um, the moment where, so your father, did he get sent off to war? Did. Did he get sent off to fight? No. No. No, he moved troops. That's all I know. Would you mind telling us how he died? Uh, well, I was told that he died in Southampton in a raid, and I've never been, but what I was told 
so I'm not sure that I believe it. What I was told is um, my sister was there as well yes. on this occasion uh, with my mother, um, and my sister was wonderful, wonderful bitch. So she would have, um, <laughs> you know, she she would have embroidered anything that was said. Um, but my mother said, I've got some news for you. Now, it's not very good, but we mustn't be selfish. Daddy's gone to heaven. And um, he will be looking after us from heaven. And I said, oh, because I was very young. Mm. Uh, I was up north. She'd come up a weekend. You were seven. Um, mm. Why? Well, there's work to do and he needs to be there and I said is daddy in Catholic heaven I was good enough to do that mm. to which mummy said oh of course everybody goes to Catholic heaven everybody mmm mmm you'll, you'll meet you'll meet Americans from all over America and they come from everywhere I bought into it mm. I mean in a way he got a better job yeah gosh it's that that's such a what a wonderful way to describe death, actually, to a oh. seven-year-old. Or, or, or at least a that, way to make it make sense. Well, that's that. the Irish, dear, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the Irish. I mean, there's Irish blood in me, according to Frank McGuinness. Well, yeah. there is. But the, but the Holtz weren't... <laughs> um, the Holtz were very, very, very Lancashire. Mm. And um, I, know, I, I don't know... I met two lovely men, Holtz, at Oxford University at a dinner some time ago, um, not that long ago, it's about a couple of years. They were very, very charming. And they, one of them said, we were longing to meet you, brothers. And he was down there. And I said, what are you? And he said, I, I teach, um, but not here. I teach at another university. I think he told me which and I didn't remember. And he said, and that's my brother. And I said, um, and what do you teach? And he said, oh, I don't teach, dear. I just make money. <laughs> and he was the other one. <laughs> and, and we all laughed because one of them had, one of them had stayed doing something normal. But yeah. what the Holtz had done... Uh, and you were was, related to these two... Uh, yes, wow. uh, but I don't know how distantly because um, my father's father... Mm -hmm. So you're going that far back, so I never met any of these people... Um, they, somebody had come, they had a, a lot of land, but they weren't rich, they were farmers. And uh, the old man, whoever he was, uh, and I don't know whether it's my father's father or his grandfather, because they all live forever, as you know. Mm. Um, they live on, well, I don't know what they live on, alcohol probably. Uh, <laughs> but um, he had got, some people had come to him, to talk about his land and they wanted to buy it because they had discovered black stuff underneath it. Right. Coal. Yes, yes. And that is why they were Holtz in Hong Kong. Wow, so the Holtz Well, they really... did well enough to go to Hong Kong. Gosh, yes. Uh, the family Holt just did that and there were still ones. And then by the most extraordinary bit of luck, the man who came to all the drama schools when I was sitting on the drama school, but no longer there, years later, mm. um, said to me, you know, you and my wife are related. I think it's remotely. I think you're second cousins. And my second cousin was teaching 
at the Royal College of Music and uh, she was older than me uh, mm. and we met and had dinner and we stayed friends until she died and wow. she was one of those Holtz and said oh yes they found coal dear they found coal but the old man nobody would tell you this because you don't know any of the family the old man did a deal he got paid for his land of course mm. and he wasn't a fool but he wanted something else he felt that um, deprived of the land there should be an agreement, and it was a short-term one, I don't know how many years, but it could be even 10 years, I don't know what, uh, in which Holtz would have a certain amount of that coal to sell only locally right. to his own friends. Oh, and I they like did. that a lot. And they did it. It was yeah. a very good gesture. Yes. A good gesture because, you know, if you do Rarely something, it changes everything. Business. Everybody hates you. Well, they don't hate you if you remember that we'll all be sad to see it go. But, yes. I mean, it meant that Holtz went to universities and, you know, all wow. that. Gosh, they really completely, completely yeah. transformed. It changed everything for a lot of a lot of people. Do you know what's so funny? I realised that um, we, the Holtz and the, or the carers, the George carers, yeah. followed each other around Hong Kong, yeah. North Wales, yeah. Crickia. Yeah. That's so funny. They've all been all around yeah. all those things. <laughs> We've been in the same places. Your grandfather was... My grandfather was William George. Yes. Yes. And you know about him? Yes. Well, sort of. Yeah, I mean, he, I know about him, but what do you he know get, about him? He got on very, very well with my mother. Yes. Very. And I was going up for a weekend, not Patrick, to, to Crickyeth, where my, just and, the listener and knows, she, um, where my grandfather She told lived. me, she said, oh, I wish you'd been here earlier. I went up to have tea with William George. And he was watching, you probably know this story, he was watching um, that thing with girls that parade and win... Oh, the Estervod. What's it called? Estervod, where the music festival. And then, oh, but then they do no, this sort of... No, it's the, it's they do the one that... parade with a It's crown. the big thing. It's, it's, it's televised. Yes, yes. And I know it, what you mean. It's done in some thing. And, and she, she said she was sitting there and there are all these naked girls <laughs> parading on the thing. And he turned around and went and she said, hello. And he said, hello, Daffy would have loved this. <laughs> have I never told you that? <laughs> I bet you that. Well, it's true. David being... Daffid. David, David Lloyd, Lloyd George. George. Daffy would have loved this. Well, even I know that Daffid would have loved it. We all know about Daffy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so David, David Lloyd George was my grandfather. We may be forgotten, uncle. but Daffid won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bless him. That's so funny. He would have loved it. Yeah, gosh. That, was, that, that reputation lives <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to go back to when... Uh, so you... After you then went to St Anne's, and that must have been very soon after you found out about your father. Yeah. Do you remember at all, because as a child, I think grief is something which you, you, don't, you don't acknowledge, you can't really understand it, and you don't know what's going on. But do you, looking back and upon reflection, do you think there was anything, how did you grieve, do you think? Do you think you had any space to grieve? I didn't think who's going to do this or that or the other. Uh, what I did find strange was that, I know this sounds awful, um, but I was very young. It was always my mother now who was driving the car. Why? Because it wasn't before. Mm. And, and when I was um, not 18, how, yes, when I was 18, 
she bought me a second-hand car for my birthday and I had lessons to drive um, and you know fine and the last thing on God's earth I wanted to do I found out very quickly I didn't finish the lessons I got bored first of all I didn't know why I had to have lessons uh, why couldn't I just get in and do it and uh, I, I wasn't interested and then sometime later it was years but not that many when I was married we used to go up to Cricket to see my mother and I drove on the beach and Patrick used to sit beside me ready to take over and I drove and I used to turn in circles on the, bre on the beach at Cricket. They probably wouldn't let you do that now. <laughs> no, they do actually on the, yeah. on the, on the rocks. That's what I used yes. to do. I, I, I did some driving. Yeah, there. and yeah. I loved it yeah. but I didn't want to be a driver. Yes. I mean, it seemed rather silly to want to be a driver. Um, there were lots of boys when I went to RADA with cars, mm. and, you know, for very obvious reasons, um, get someone else to drive you. And do you think a part of that was because you'd always seen your father drive? So yeah. it was wanting, you know, wanting that back. Yeah. Mm. On my terms, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wanting it back on my terms. And growing up, did you ever, or at school, just to stay in the school years, did your father, because you also, on some levels, you know, I, I went to boarding school at age 10 as well. You do, you know, as much as you gain mentors and teachers, if you're lucky enough to be taken under their wing, which you were, on, yeah. with, especially with your drama teacher. Oh. But with your, um, you do somewhat lose your parent. I was very, very, very lucky indeed, mm. because my mother uh, did Royal Air Force uh, catering wow. and I met people and her best friend was married um, not to somebody who flew but somebody who taught people to fly mm. and so he came in a uniform and I like the uniform you know I mean <laughs> yeah. it really looked great um, and they'd been friends uh, in the north you know so the, 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 they never lost uh, each other the two women um, and it was odd because he was, he would be younger than my father, but not that, you know, younger because my father was a bit older than my mum. But he actually wanted to be an ice cream manufacturer. And there he was teaching people to fly planes. I mean, you know, <laughs> a lot of those things are odd. Gosh, I think yes. he probably ended up as what he was because yeah. um, he was Italian partly Italian but he didn't have to go anywhere because when if you were Italian you you weren't allowed to stay out you went to the Isle of Man they were mm. interned but very politely and nicely not nastily it was okay but they were if they were Italian yeah they got interned unless they had reasons not to be right and that makes sense you, yeah. you know you wouldn't know what you were having I mean I don't I, I do remember Liverpool burning yeah. I remember that well because my mother was taking cigarettes for uh, w with three other ladies in, in a big car. Yes. And uh, I wanted to go with them. And, of course, I couldn't. I was still at school and I couldn't. But she told me all about it, and it sounded marvellous. And we could see from the very top of our dormitories something that looked like the sky was not right. Wow. Well, it was the leftover from sort of the bombs smog. they were dropping when they were getting out of the deck. The, the, I mean, they were going for the docks in Liverpool, yeah. but they often didn't get what they wanted. I mean, look at what happened in the South. Yeah. They couldn't always get what they wanted. It's, it's odd, that. It's funny that I never minded the Japanese. 
Everybody else did. <laughs> I didn't. You loved them. Yeah. yeah and still do. Yes. I've been adopted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at school, did you ever think about your father? No. No. I didn't think about my mother either, when, except when I ran out of money. Yeah. Then I did. And did you stay in touch with your mother? Did you stay close? Oh, God, yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There were no... Oh, and Patrick adored her, my yeah. husband. I would not have married a man who didn't like her. No, of course. Because she was fun. Yeah. She was fun. And she... Yes, interesting. Because his father, compared to us, was very well off. We were okay. We were, you know, we never went without anything. But uh, Finn was a very successful businessman. Uh, and and I, I kind of odd um she adored patrick and she bought him the first crombie coat he ever had and of course they're made in the north they were made in the north those crombie things they're called crombie and they were marvelous and it cost an awful lot of money and it was a christmas present and i'm absolutely sure i can't remember what i got but it probably wasn't worth having <laughs> it wasn't worth having yeah. and anything that she got she made a will in which, because uh, she had china, glass, the usual things that those kind of women have, well worth having. Everything was left to Patrick uh, with the instruction to look after Thelma. And um, I didn't mind that at all, but said, what a funny thing to do. Mm. And uh, uh, he said, not funny at all. She knows what you do with things. You give everything away. Everything. Anybody who asks for anything can have it. Well, he's... Damn right. Mm. Um, uh, nearly two years now, a year and a half, I had a terrible burglary and I'm glad he wasn't living anymore because mm. he would have known my heart was broken. It was terrible. I got over it, but it hasn't happened to me before. Took the lot. Wow. Took nothing. I mean, the house didn't look as though anything had happened except the door had been smashed in. Yeah. And um, they'd gone straight to the drawers where I kept jewellery. And the whole lot had gone. And, and there was a lot. There was quite a lot. Stuff that, that didn't mean much mm. um, long before I was born. I mean, stuff that in the First World War meant almost nothing uh, has become habitable. Mm. And I never wanted to replace, never. When I, the man who came to talk about it, who was lovely, was very, very nice Indian man. And he said, you do know, don't you? that you're so hideously underinsured. Your, your, your jewellery is insured for 25,000. 25, it's insane. Gosh. It is absolutely insane. You've got more than that. And I said, yes, I've kissed it goodbye, and I've never repeated it. I was wearing a wedding ring mm. and that. Yeah, my gosh. And I'm only looking after that because of who it is yep. for Greg Doran. For really, yeah. Wow. Every time he comes, that. he takes something else. He take because I collect. I collected Shakespeare's. Yeah. I had thirty-four originally, but he's managed to deplete that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks after them so well. And the last one appeared in the play that was happening on the lockdown. You know, we were all locked down on mm, a Monday yes. night. Well, one of my Shakespeare's was on that stage. Anthony Sher wrote the play, and it was starring in it. With two very good actors. Oh, amazing. <laughs> very good indeed. Yeah. And with uh, your teacher, 
who ended yes. up actually being incredibly yeah. influential in your life. Yes, everybody. Everybody that she went anywhere near, mm. if they were interested in what she was interested, and they were. Yes. She, was, she only attracted the ones that, she's got something I want to talk about, I want to know, she'll yeah. tell me. And what was it at school? Because I know from when you were younger and you were in yeah. church, you'd, you wanted to be a priest. Yes. And this made me laugh. Desperately. Because being an actress myself, I saw, um, I thought perhaps it was your first exposure of somebody who was not only standing up and saying the lines and being performative, but also wearing a sort of beautiful costume. And how that may have translated then into the theatre. My desperation to be a priest, and it was de desperate, um, was I was taken to mass because my mother had come out, you know, there was nobody else to, to um, shout the Catholic calls except her. Mm. My father was a proddy. And when I, I say proddy, I don't even say Protestant, you know, I, I say what I'm a they would have been called. <laughs> um, and it, it didn't count. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I could be what I like. And I do remember very well um, being able to pick up a few things in mass. I mean, it's amazing how you pick up an, a, a word and it's it's being said by either the congregational thing and you don't even realize it's Latin. You just pick up the word and you fling the word in if it's one you can say. And the only thing I know about me now that has to do with that time, I'd forgotten it at the moment, my father called my mother from, she was in the kitchen, the garden was behind it and there was a conversation and my father said, what on earth is she doing? And I was, I dug a little thing, and in the little thing that I dug, I had put um, a, a, a box that you have shoes in, a shoe box, mm. a shoe box. But in the shoe box was um, an undesirable dolly. <laughs> uh, and I was um, doing, uh, I mean, there's no way that I could have had one word of the De Profundis. No way. But I made it up. Then <laughs> I was doing it and doing my thing. And I was doing, um, I was doing a bye-bye. And, and, uh, and he said, what on earth is she doing? She's burying the doll. To which she said, according to my sister, yes. um, because I was told, no, she isn't burying the doll. She's burying Beth. Beth is dead, and she's burying her. And I was. I was burying my sister. And I was making... Oh, my God. Uh, uh, it's quite good, isn't it? And I was that making is. up something. I mean, I can't even have said I'm making up the De Profundis. I couldn't have said those words. Yeah. I didn't know those words. I found out in the fullness of time. And I wanted to be the one with the most lines <laughs> when I was asked later why. Well, he's got the most to say. They have to prepare for his entrance... The bastard comes on late, and he's got the best frock. Yes. So if you don't want to be that, you need to be seen to. I mean, there is something seriously wrong, which is not funny at all. Yeah. You need psychiatric help. Yeah. Do you agree? I definitely wholeheartedly agree. Good. You agree. Yeah. Now, if you quote that, you've got to quote what you've just said. I definitely wholeheartedly. And we could look for people like us. Yeah, well, exactly. And if the Martians come, we can say to the Martians, you mustn't destroy us because we're different and you can learn from us. Yeah. <laughs> 
it'll take you some time. Yeah. <laughs> and so when that sort of desire to, to perform on some level, and that translated into acting at school. Well, did, at school, of course. Yeah, so how, um, how did you oh, fall it was a into dun- it? Well, first yeah. of all, I had a voice. Mm. I had a voice. Uh, I had no accent of any kind. I mean, there wasn't one, because I didn't stay in the north. I went south. I came back, and I learned to speak properly like a little girl, a day place I went to. Um, there wasn't anything anything that was detrimental to me. But I soon found she would read Shakespeare. She being teacher. Yeah. Yes. And she'd read Shakespeare to me, and I was able to repeat. And it became very obvious that my interest lay in playing all the men. I wanted to play the men. Why do you think that was? And it was, oh, better roles. Um, yeah. Much better roles. Longer. Mm. And, you know, you could make something of them. And slightly I more mean, Bassanio can easily be made to be better, even though he doesn't have as much as her. Easily, easily. Um, you know, you remember them so well. And I could play them. To, well, I, I have seen women play men extremely well. Mm. And then there are the ones that there are certain men that you shouldn't play. Mm. I don't like seeing women play old men. Old women are better at it. And, and, you know, playing an old man and doing all that mm. doesn't work very well because you meet very old men who sit better than we're sitting now <laughs> and actually remember certain ways of expressing themselves better than we probably are doing. It's yeah. incredible. So when a sort of young person plays, they do the, too much of a cliché, that kind yeah. of... Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, but I played all those things at school and, um, yeah. you know, I was glad to um, and wanted to. And at RADA... I usually I got I got good roles. Yeah, uh, I had a voice. Yeah, it helped. I could project, of course. Uh, so could everybody else. You didn't get into Rada if there wasn't hope that you'd be all right. Mm. I mean, the situation now for me, the, the phone calls that happened two weeks ago, and uh, what if, I don't have an office. We're locked out. But Malcolm has taken the entire. This is typical South Shields. He's taken the entire office. He and his partner have moved everything to their flat, which mm-hmm. is only over the road. So all the mail goes there, all the phone calls go there. Mm-hmm. I don't exist. And then the ones they think are worthwhile get through to Hereford Road. Mm. If he doesn't like them, he gets rid. <laughs> That's South Shields, dear. Yeah. I could tell you more about them, except they might come round and be nasty on me. <laughs> so I won't, but it's true. It's true. Um, and and with your teacher, do you think she saw something, a spark in you? Do you think she saw something that she wanted? I don't wanted? think I know. Yeah, okay. Because I, I thought you I stayed think, in touch with well, her. Well, what she saw, I did for a short while. And then mm. after that, of course, uh, once I got and found I had to run the RADA, I was rather busy doing, <laughs> doing my bit of the RADA, <laughs> which I loved. I loved. And, and we stayed friendly. I mean, sadly... Um, my contemporary friends, there's one alive, the others are not with us anymore. Mm. Um, America, you know, the places they came from. Uh, but yes, and, and rather benefited with me because of her. Mm. I mean, I was able to uh, try to do things 
that weren't right, but that she recognised it was trying to do something, and that had been school. I was trying to do something. So you were taught that sort of yeah, um, yeah, risk-taking yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, and she would then she would then put me right very easily. And she liked... I thought she thought I had talent, and I think that every other girl that she dealt with thought she had talent, thought, thought that she thought they had talent mm. and it was the best thing she could possibly have done you're at an age where you're susceptible now of course of course they'll always be the one that thinks it's got talent and nobody else has well i can't remember anybody at school like that we'd have destroyed them um uh, so you know we were there i was very happy at school mm. very sounds like you sort of um ruled the roost actually mm. Mm. <laughs> speaking of that because obviously this podcast looks at um how perhaps your, because uh, obviously it's all very nuanced, but how perhaps your um, experience of having an absent father or death, so grief sometimes sort of throwing you into maturity before your peers and all that sort of thing. But you obviously then went on to be not only a very successful actress, but then you turned into a successful producer. How do you think that, so that obviously requires a the, lot of... The theatre producer was i didn't i don't think i am a theater producer um we were doing terribly well we were successful i was doing all peter's things and one day peter uh, um just so the peter hall yes but one day given too much time to waste vanessa and i um talked chatted we always did more than usual. I mean, some true. of the things we intended to do, dear, we'd be dead now if we had. Um, <laughs> that are shot us. But there were things we wanted to do. And as a result of our conversation, I was able to say to Patrick at a certain stage, I think it was something I ought to tell you. I'm going to produce a play. Oh, uh, yes, what? Well, Robert Sterua would like to direct a play for me. And I'd already worked with him from Tbilisi in the international season. Mm. I already discovered that he was wonderful. So I got a great director. It's before Nina. Uh, so I've got a director. And he said, oh, and you've got an actress. And I said, oh, no, three actresses. What? You don't want to know now, Patrick. And he said, well, I do, because I, I, I cannot afford to finance a, a play for you in the West End. I suppose you've asked my father. And I said, no, I will not be asking your father. I won't need to. And that didn't alert him to finding something out. I'd sold the new suit industry shares. <laughs> and Daddy, who now is safely dead, so I can say, had to buy the fucking things back, darling, because <laughs> my name on that thing, alas, was not... Holt, it was Grawcomb. The Grawcombs are selling their bloody shares. <laughs> I wasn't very popular. <laughs> um, but was they that got... to put on three sisters? Yeah. With all the Redgrave sisters? Uh, yeah. Yes. With, two, no, two sisters, uh, two sisters and a niece. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Two sisters and a niece. And, and the other sister, the, the, Vanessa lived in her own home, um, but her sister, who was adorable, um, lived in the basement because the actor that was living in our basement that's there now, but he mm. isn't there anymore, um, he was on tour. So we rented downstairs, or she rented, and she paid her own rent. She, she got that kind of, you know, the money was that kind of thing. And we made money. 
and we got a cut of everything. It was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And we didn't want any help from anybody. I used the best people in London, and I still use them, though they're not there anymore um, to do the marketing. I did everything on the expensive way, mm. and it was w wise, because when you've got Linny and Vanessa and the niece, who's turned out to be a very fine actress, when you've got that lot... And the boys, they were all right. But, you know, I, I wasn't worried about them. I knew they'd be okay. We, we'll cast it well, the men. It's, it's them that matters. Because they ca you can think, you can, if it's badly done, you can think what boring women those are. Well, they're not. Mm. They're fascinating. And it was wonderful. And I often say to her, we've never done anything like that. You know, mm. everything went well and right. Except, of course, I wasn't a member of SALT, but a very generous man let me use his name and he didn't want me to he didn't want to be paid for it generous so. people who came in with me to put money in it was it was lovely mm. Um, mm. but it was a nice kickoff yes because into, I, yeah. into being a producer well i knew then that i wasn't going to do it again i mean why do i do what i do now the last four things I've done have been with the RSC. Well, they don't need any advice from me at all. They just need house mother when they get to London. Mm. And I'm a very good house mother. Mm. Very. I don't know why I am, but I am. Um, and I, you know, they've never had... We've never had a, a terrible problem with... Um, we, we've never had a, an actor that shouldn't be there. Mm. Uh, Nina Gower took a scunner against somebody but he left anyhow yes he did <laughs> i mean if you it's all right when when people didn't like nina gow you didn't have to worry because nina gow didn't like them and it was very easy to <laughs> yeah come to an agreement yeah and uh, but with, with all your successes and that sort of inner determination and my failures and your failures which you'd speak about wonderfully which i'd love to make a few quotes but i I looked at your website or a website that you used to have and you have, you know, so many sort of awards and most recently your second Olivier Award. Am I right? Yes, I didn't know about that. Mm, yeah, oh my goodness. And you once were quoted saying, if you want it badly enough, you'll get it. So I'd love to know where you think you got that inner determination from. If you want it badly, you get it. Mm. I will tell you, <laughs> but it's outrageous. I have an arrangement with St. Anthony of Padua. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know God. I don't show off. Um, he's very busy. Now, that was the child talking, but I've never got rid of the bloody child. Uh, you don't ask God t to give you things. That was my mother. He's very, very busy. There are wars going on all over the place. There's misery. There's all sorts. Pick your saint and do that. Well, the saint I'd been given by my mother, and if I hadn't been able to change things, I would never have forgiven her, was that one down in the grotto that's so cold. Mm. You know, what's her name? Oh, gosh. I don't know. We both know her. Everybody knows <laughs> her. Everybody knows her. She's down in a grotto. Oh. It's very cold. She lives in a grotto. It's her. I'll think of her suddenly. <laughs> well, I wasn't having anything to do with her, dear. I'd have died of pneumonia. <laughs> now, St. Anthony of Padua, before he became what he became, was a man about town. Mm. And I had a nice statue of him. So I became that. And I pray. I do pray. Mm. I say my prayers every night, which um, many people think is extraordinary 
extremely funny. Mm. And, you know, nobody could possibly be hearing what you're saying. They'd be terrified. Mm. Um, I don't ask anybody to punish anybody, because I think you punish yourself. If somebody treats any of us badly and we don't deserve it at the time, then we don't have to... Revenge is quite unnecessary. Mm. It, it takes energy. There's somebody waiting around who cares for you who will do that. Mm -hmm. I believe that. So it does show that I'm rather ignorant, and it wasn't that good the school, was it? How could I come out <laughs> knowing things like that and nothing else? <laughs> I was good at history. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, I was very... Uh, Alistair Milne and I were competitive right. in yes. life. And uh, he would have remembered if he were alive, that at some stage of our knowing each other, we had been talking about uh, us winning a certain little war mm -hmm. and uh, a battle, sorry, Battle of Waterloo. Who do you think won the Battle of Waterloo? Oh, gosh. Well, didn't didn't the British win? I know, I thought so. Okay, you thought the British yeah, won. I thought that was a trick question. <laughs> well, try asking Belushna, dear. He came just in time. They were all dying of dysentery, and naturally, we never admitted we didn't. Now we were terribly brave, mm. terribly brave, and many, many, many men had died, and it was a great victory. And the schools that they came from have always celebrated it. It's wonderful. But Blushner came at the very end and renewed our strength a bit mm -hmm. because it, we had suffered terribly, and he brought with him a, a, an army of Germans. Mm -hmm. And you know, I didn't find that out at school. Nobody told me at school that Blushner was important in that battle. And I don't know anybody else has been told either. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think my nephew was told that he was... He knew he was there, but he didn't know how important they were, but they were. Mm -hmm. I doubt very much that we could have won, not that I'm very good on battles. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back at your career and everything that yeah. has... And, and, as you say, your failures, and actually on that... So you once said... Failure is not a bad thing. You get better at it. If I have failure, we'll do the fucking thing again. We can't die and not get it right. And I wanted to know, what do you think gave you, drove, drove you, drove you to the point where a lot of people, especially in the industry that you are in, you know, you do meet a lot of failure. Yeah. And what is it, do you think, that drives you to get it right? Oh, well, that's easy. What drove me to get it right? The knowledge that I couldn't afford emotionally to get it wrong. If I could afford it financially, which I'm sure on some occasions I will have been able to do, I don't like getting things wrong. It's too late. So I go on doing it until I get it right. Or discover, darling Thelma, I did, you didn't want to do it anyhow. That's, that's, that's a naughty way out, because mm. I did want to do it. So I don't do that, but I, I would know I've got to go on until it's turned into something I want and am proud of. And why do you think that exists inside you? Why? Mm. Well, why? I think... Uh, that I I think the gods want 
you to be successful if if you are um you know uh, a carpet maker uh, they want you to succeed and when you come along as determined to succeed as they are to have you we need people who can make it work i mean i will often deliberately say to malcolm my sidekick this isn't going to work we must unload it um it's better that we unload it than somebody else does i don't want to do this anymore darlings well, we weren't going to do it anyhow because it's gone wrong Mm. And, you know, I can understand and sympathise with somebody with less experience of life thinking, thank God she stopped it. It wouldn't have worked, you know, but she stopped it. Now, that's good. That mm. keeps everybody um, content yes. to a certain extent because life is very competitive. Um, when I, uh, I mean, I've had shows in America that I haven't really wanted to see, but I've gone because of who did them. Mm. And Richard Darbin's first show was with me, um, and he, he took it to America. And I said, I'm not coming until you've opened. The night after you've opened, I'll be there. I don't want to be there and take my name off the top. Say, in London, Thelma Holt and Richard Darbin, but take my name because there'll be people here who will say, he didn't do that, that young man. It was Thelma Holt. She did it. It's easy. And that's not what I wanted. Mm. His success meant so much to me. It meant so much because he's so good. Mm. He's so much better than I am. He's mm. learned things that weren't possible. Mm. You know, when I, when, when I was learning, I mean, however helpful uh, Michael Codron was very helpful to me. Mm. Uh, to do a budget, I had to learn to do a budget. Me, I mean, I'm Malcolm's very good with a machine, so why should I learn to do a budget? And I, <laughs> I should just learn to name, make sure it's all right. Yeah, it works. <laughs> and talking of daddy issues, if you will, and yeah. how it's sort of cliched, especially upon women in their relationships. Do you think in any way that growing up with your absent father and yeah. losing him so young, do you think that had any impact on your relationships then as an adult? With? With men, so your romantic relationships. No. And the reason I think no is because um, my father, the father I knew, uh, however briefly, was not a stunningly pretty boy uh, with a brain, yes, um, a stunningly pretty boy that I could coerce to do things. I mean, I didn't know him well enough, um, so I don't think he had any effect whatsoever. I don't want somebody telling me anything. Um, I, I mean, I've always fallen for... I like good looks, and at least I'm courageous enough to admit oh, it. Oh, God, I do. I've, well. nev I've, I've never gone for a plain man. Why should one? <laughs> I mean, I mean, unless you're on a learning curve of some sort. Um, Patrick was very physically, very beautiful. Mm. You remember him or not? Yes, no, I've seen photographs. Yes. He was very, very, very good looking. Yes, and he um, went to, you were at RADA at the same time. Yeah, yes. and I, no, no, oh. only only one term. Oh, right, okay. One term. And that's how you met. And I stayed, yeah, and, 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 uh, he, and he and David didn't do it. They only went and did this course. I did the three years, mm. and David did the three years. And um, they were very good friends, he and David, which is interesting because David was daft, you know, mm. and Patrick could play with him. Um, Patrick had something that made him grow up early. His mother was as mad as a snake um, <laughs> and uh, died before her time, is one way of putting it. 
uh, by her own hand. Um, but she was fun. Mm. She was fun, and I know he loved her. But he felt very... Uh, his, his little sister was the love of his life who had to be taken care of. Right. Um, and he did it very well. By the time I met them both, you know, she'd, she'd finished at Oxford and everything was different and things were... Uh, she'd married Alistair Milne. Oh, and oh, she was yes. looking for a father figure, I suppose, but yes. she... Come on. <laughs> but speaking of father figures, did you ever find yourself looking for a father figure at all? No, yeah. but I look... I look for men I can trust... I wouldn't call it a father figure. I've had a number of men in my life who were older um, and I've looked for them because they were better educated than I was. I mean, my generation, um, it doesn't matter, doesn't, you don't have to go to a decent school to feel that um, you've had as good an education as the men have because quite often you haven't. There were things that, that men learnt when I was at school, my contemporaries at, at, at a, a different sort of school mm. that they learned and I didn't. There were things you didn't have to learn, you know, mm. and I don't know whether you do now. I think, well, they have boys there now, so they might. I don't know. Um, I never went to a, 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 a non-fee-paying school, so mm. I don't know what you lost on such things. Um, but, no, I, I, I feel I... You see, the men in my life, Peter, I, Peter Hall, who was, I think, two years older than me, I saw as the younger brother I never had. I had to do everything to help him. It's going to be all right, Peter. He was a bloody genius, dear. Um, mm. And I would sweat blood to make sure he got everything he wanted. Mm. Uh, the same with Nina Gower. I'm, I was very protective of those men who were perfectly capable, if I went there, of looking after themselves, but not as quickly or as painlessly. Mm-hmm. They would say, if they'd done something, that they had to do because things didn't work. When I did it, they didn't know I'd done it. Mm-hmm. And it works very well. Yeah. Works better. Some people would think, it. you clearly understand that. Yeah, not, do. everybody <laughs> not everybody does. Not everybody does. If you were to look back now, how do you think that your father's death at such a young age may have affected you, if it has, at some point in your oh, life? Oh, I think, I think it must have affected me in some ways because certain things that I didn't understand at the time, I do now. When I was taken out, um, my mother would come up and always stay with a friend. Mm because we know where to live that was near and she didn't want to stay in a hotel she didn't want to waste the money so she'd go and stay with somebody she knew I knew there were economies made I knew things were careful that would not have happened had I had a father Uh, I also know that um, now if you say many people say well I wish my father had been alive I'd like to have asked his advice uh, and producing. Well, I wouldn't have that problem because if I was now going to become a producer at the age I am now, I would go and ask Sonia Freeman how to do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't ask anybody else, but I'd go and ask Sonia Freeman. But I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't need to ask Nika because Nika, I've known so long, anything that I was going to learn for Hermes, she would be saying to me, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But I would actually say to Sonia, not can we have lunch, it's longer than that. 
but um, would you like to do this for me and I'll watch you? Then I'll do it. I won't need you anymore. <laughs> She'd laugh and probably do it. I mean, there are some, you know, she's wonderful. Mm. And so is Nika. Look what Nika's doing now. Mm. There's some damn good female producers. Yes. And um, they do their thing. Mm. But the two I've just spoken of have a thing that if I were teaching, I don't teach that. The 20 years I've done at Oxford, I, I did teach some things, but they weren't on the curriculum. Um, but if, if, I were, if I were speaking now to people like Nika or, 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 or either of them, I'd be saying, you got there, but you got there because you were tough and you did it. And there are certain things you could have done which aren't pretty. You just didn't need to. Some of these people are going to need to do other things. Uh, because those two are very, very, very good. I mean, you know, many a man um, in Nika's position at the moment will be having very sleepless nights. Mm. Nika knows that come hell or hot water, she will pull it off. Mm -hmm. And so does the other one. And I feel like you had that knowing of yourself as well. I'll get away with it. And if I don't get away with it, it's because I don't want it to happen. Yeah. I've changed my mind and I don't have to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think on some levels then it made you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but somewhat fiercely independent to have this sort of um, experience happen so young and not have that, you know, the classic kind of, oh, I'll ask dad for advice or I can ask this or that or the other. Do you think there was a level of it just threw you into life? Get on with it. Mm. get on with it it's fun yes do it and it never intruded you see it never in, it never intruded on Patrick and I he found it funny and uh, <laughs> and I mean Patrick was the person no no I can't tell you that I'll tell you when we're no longer on remind me I have to tell you something about Patrick when the machine isn't on I don't want phone calls from the nephews thank you <laughs> it won't be from anybody else but the nephews call. Sure. you know there too don't you yes One's a doctor. And then the other one's a MP, isn't he? Yeah. One's a doctor. And one's an MP, isn't he? What, the younger one? Oh. No, the younger one. Your nephew. I think the younger one ran Mr. Corbyn. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, oh that's not an MP. Yeah, he's not an MP. Mm. I won't put that in. Who'd vote for him, Don? I mean, <laughs> no. No, you, get, you don't vote for him. He just, you just have the good luck to get him and that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the question that I ask everyone to end on is, if your dad was listening to this episode right now, what would you want to say to him? What would I want to say? You know, for somebody who wasn't a Catholic, you behaved really well, Daddy, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> and I might think of something better if I had time. I know. <laughs> you threw that one at me. I know, sorry. <laughs> Thelma Holt, thank you so much for coming on to Daddy Issues. My pleasure. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you, Thelma. <laughs> now, what was I going to tell you? What was it? <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Father's Day special on Daddy Issues podcast with the legendary Thelma Holt. Please forgive me if season three takes a little bit longer than anticipated. I am in the middle of making what I hope to be an incredible documentary which discusses some themes of fatherlessness. 
I hope that you had a wonderful listen. And just a little reminder of our incredible sponsors, Chickpea Hummus, which is genuinely the most delicious hummus. The flavour range is stunning. So put that hummus in your basket, get the Daddy Issues discount, don't miss out and enjoy. Enjoy.